Hello. Welcome to another episode of My Check Sports. Today, I will have somebody very special, dear to the heart as well, because he is my background in Salvadorian champion, El Famosito Hernandez. Here he is. Let me get him on. There you go. There you are. Champion, El Famoso Hernandez. Just waiting for the connection. Hold on. How you doing, Famoso? Good, brother. How you doing? Uh, great. Thank you. I want to say thank you first for taking the time out of your day to, to answer these questions I got for you. Uh, my purpose uh, of the podcast and, and vlog I'm doing is to give the fighter their chance to give their history. Oh, I see you got your belt in the back. Oh, man, that's beautiful. Beautiful. I see it. So, you know, it's nothing like allowing the fighter to speak their history, you know, because it is your story. So let me ask you this before we start anything. How are you? How have you been? How's your health? How's your family? How's everything? Thank you. Thank you for asking me. First of all, thank you for having me here with you. Uh, it's uh, really, I'm, uh, I'm blessed. Uh, I've been blessed, you know, with, uh, with health and uh, with my kids. Um, my children are with me, and they're the ones that keep me on my toes uh, they're always bugging me because I'm hungry. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm thirsty. Take me here, take me there. But uh, they, yeah, they keep me busy. And uh, but I'm, I'm blessed to have my children with me. Awesome, awesome, man. Awesome. So today I'm just gonna ask you 12 questions, and and you just be honest as, as you can, or if you don't feel like you you don't want to answer it, that's fine. <laughs> it's up to you. So first first question will be 12 simulate the 12 rounds in a, in a boxing game so we're going to start from the beginning because i always like to start from the beginning so you know this is like a re-education of of yourself so let me start by saying at what age did you start boxing i started at 14 but i really started competing at like 15 around 15 years old i had my first amateur fight at 15 okay okay so that leads me on to this to my second question it says what got you into boxing? Like, was there a specific person? Uh, I don't know. You seen fights on the on the TV, street fights. What 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 made you? You know, my 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 father used to take me back back when I was a kid. Uh, uh, like I'm talking about like nine to eight, nine ten years old. He'd take me to the Olympic Auditorium. He'd take me to the Main Street Gym to watch because my father was a big boxing fan. Um, but I didn't like boxing, man. I just I felt like those. Those dudes were holding each other too much. They were bleeding. They were flat nosed. I was like, damn, I don't want to be, I don't want to do that. But when I was about 14 years old, I was a heavy, heavy set kid. I was chubby. Um, not only that, you know, I wanted, you know, I wanted to look good for the girls, but I also got in fighting streets. You know, I, you know, it was pretty, pretty bad back in the day uh, um, where, where I was at in, as a teenager. So there was a lot of uh, a lot of racism with the Hispanics and the blacks. So you know we, we all had to be be ready, and um, and so I I was uh, I was not picked on. Well, I guess you could say I was picked on a little bit. So uh, my father said, "No, nah, man, uh, this guy he needs to know how to find in the street. So I can't always be there 
for him when, um, you know, when I'm picking, you know, after school or something like that. So he took me to a boxing gym in, in Paramount. And uh, Paramount, you know, back then it was a, was a very bad area. It was a bad, it's a bad area. You, the, you're bordering Compton. Yeah, okay, the L.A.'s, Compton area. For some of the fans that don't, yeah. don't know where this area is, tell us more about where you were raised in, in, in the area you, well, you I, came up. I first lived in the L.A. area near, uh, not far from the Staples Center or USC, near the USC uh, area, which is not the nicest area. But um, then we moved out of there. And uh, we went to Bellflower, which is borders Paramount and Compton. And um, it was it was nice when we first moved there. But then, you know, it started getting bad and all that. So that's when uh, I felt that, you know, my, my parents thought, you know, I should learn how to fight and 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 take care of business when I, when I need to in the street, you know. They didn't want right. me to join a gang. You know, I was, there was gangs uh, growing back in that day and back in that area. So uh, they took me and two other dudes from, that were gang members. My dad took us to the boxing gym, uh-huh. and uh, I beat up the, the the guy who was kind of the known as the tough guy in the street. So when I beat him up, I was like, "Dude, I, I boxing's for me, you know, boxing's for me." So I liked it, you know. They're like, "Dude, Carlos could fight. Carlos could fight." So I was like, "Yeah, you know, I I'm gonna stay. I'm gonna I'm gonna stick this through." I'm gonna lose weight, get the girls, and uh, see where boxing leads me. <laughs> okay. All right. So my next question: This will be number three now. Question number three: Tell me about your amateur career. Like, how how many fights did you have in the amateurs? Because you know, I coach, I so I want to give my my fighters to you know get a little lesson from you as well. You know, how how many fights did you do in the amateurs? Was it a lot? Was it little? Little, little bit. I, I was, uh, I think it was 24 and six. I think I had like 30 fights. So, uh, um, it was, it wasn't, it wasn't much. I got a lot. My experience was mainly in the gym. I, uh, I was sparring at, at 17 years old. I was sparring partner with, uh, Roger Mayweather. I sparred with uh, Hector Macho Camacho. I mean, I sparred with, uh, Angels Pedrosa. I, I mean, I sparred with, uh, Happy, happy Lora, Miguel Happy Lora, with uh, Juan Quin Mesa. I was I was sparring with uh, the champs. You know they would come in because I was in a Mexican uh, Mexican uh, boxing gym where all the right. like Chavez would go there. All the big names were going there, and um, and then I, from there I went to uh, uh, 108th and Broadway, which is like mainly a black gym. You know, and so all the black fighters, all like like the 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 big time uh, black fighters were there. Like, uh, I mean, you had, uh, geez, like Virgil. I don't know about. I mean, just just big, big like big name fighters like Terry. Uh, what's the name? Uh, Tubbs, TNT Tubbs was training there. Uh, okay. Norris, not Norris. Norris was in San Diego, but uh, you had um, just Julian Jackson was stopped by. You had Roger Mayweather. You had uh, just uh, top fighters in in that gym i would go from the mexican gym to like a black gym because you know they have different styles so i wanted to learn that 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 north american type of style because it was fast and it was sharp and not more like the mexican is more of a slower rough kind of uh boxing so right. um it was it was good to to learn to learn 
from uh, from those gyms, from those fighters, but I didn't have much of a boxing history. Right. Okay. That amateur amateur boxing. Amateur boxing. boxing history. So you were speaking on your sparring. Uh, one of these questions of mine jumps all the way to ten, but I'm gonna I'm make this uh, number number four now. Uh, all right. Story about your sparring, like something that no one has ever heard before about your sparring. You were telling me that you were sparring at 17 years old with 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 these pros. Give me give me give me an insight. Give me something juicy so the the fans could you know. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, sparring. I don't know, but I I don't know. I guess. Um, uh, it was just, I, I had tremendous sparring, yeah. tremendous sparring with, with, uh, big name guys. I, I guess the, the only thing you could say for sparring, but I was already a pro, um, is, uh, I, I mean, I, I don't know. I did I can't tell you. I mean, sparring what to me was very, very serious. It was, it was like a fight. Right. And so I would, I would take sparring serious. Um, I sparred. Up and coming guys, I mean, they, that would beat me up. You know, I guess the juiciest thing I could say is is uh, beating up a guy in in sparring when when. But this was after a couple of years because when I was uh, when I was just learning, I didn't have much of an amateur experience. He beat the crap out of me. In fact, he 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 uh, closed my eye, and I was like, I was wow. about seven, 17, 16 years old. And he was uh, getting ready for Chavez. He fought Chavez, Julio Cesar Chavez in New York. His name was Rufio Rojas. He was a Mexican oh. champion, Puro Mexicano. But uh, then later, when I started getting my, my experience and all that, beat the shit out of that dude, bro. It was, it was no, there was no, I, I never forgot. I never yeah. forgot. Waiting for that moment. Nice guy. Nice, nice guy. But damn, I just, I had to, I had to get back. Yeah. <laughs> All right, leading to my to uh my next question is how did you get the name Famoso? Interesting uh story. Famoso well because when I was go to uh, when I would go to El Salvador and stay with my grandpa, because I would stay with my grandfather over there, um, you know, I would always I, I was just a troubled kid, you know. Uh, I I don't know, I, I, I had a lot of trouble. I caused a lot of trouble. I was uh, I, I would take things from, from other kids. I would not steal, but like take their toys and say, it's mine now. Kind of like a little bully. Not that I was, but you know, um, I would just, I, I don't know. I just wanted the attention, I guess. And so all the kids would start crying to my grandpa and uh, my grandpa would say, puta, este, este niño es famoso, you know, cause uh, everyone's complaining about him. So that's how, that's how it was as a, as like a, six five six year old kid you know my my name was famoso my dad would always call me hey famoso Vinny. hey famoso come here hey you know just you know i don't know if if you know that you know our our in our culture salvadorians we always give somebody nicknames so uh right. everyone has a nickname in in our family and so uh i was famoso because i was because i was just i was a little travieso yeah okay <laughs> uh, now we're going into uh, question number six that I have for you. Uh, it says, uh, how did you turn pro? And I know it was 1992, right? It was 1992. Uh, On my birthday. Turn, and who managed you to turn pro? 
not, there was I didn't have a manager uh, for my first pro fight. They I wanted okay. to get a manager, but the guy that said he was going to manage me, I'm glad I didn't sign with him because he he did help me. He did help me with like an allowance to to well not an allowance. He just let me borrow a car, and he gave me money for gas <laughs> to go to to go to the gym. Right. But he never wanted to sign me. Never wanted to sign me. So uh, uh, I. I I uh, I retired because I was gonna turn pro back in 1991, and oh. um, I I didn't do it because of the fact that this guy was never really helping me out or whatever. So I just I was floundering. I was just um, training whatever. Then I saw guys wanting to go to or going to the Olympics, getting ready to go to the Olympics for the '92 Olympics, and I'm like, damn, that's De La Hoya, Shane Mosley. Uh, Pepper Riley and and you know I knew these guys you know they they're from the LA area and I'm like damn you know these these fools are I should be there man I should have uh you know but I don't I didn't have the experience but you know I wanted to make something of myself in boxing so I said you know what I'm just gonna turn pro so I trained for maybe three weeks I was on the I was on the track team for college Surrey College and uh, I thought I was in really good shape so I went uh, to the gym. Trained, trained well, boxing. You're saying, and what um, what what city college? What Cerritos city college? college. Cerritos. Okay. Cerritos, okay. Cerritos Junior College. So I was on a track team there, and I thought I was in good shape, and so I was like, "All right, I'm gonna beat." Then I, when I got the fight, I I talked to my trainer. He's the one that got me the fight back then. His name is Bill Slayton, the late Bill Slayton. And um, he's the guy who who uh, who made Ken Norton and uh, Layman Brewster, and um, he was a really good trainer. And um, so I went with him for my first pro fight. So I was like, "All right, let's go!" And uh, we go. And I I saw this. Uh, I was gonna fight a Mexican dude, and I saw him, and I looked at him. He looked so weak. I was like, "Oh man, I want to destroy this guy." <laughs> and um, and so I tried to knock him on the first two rounds. And then after that, man, I was dead tired. And yeah. uh, he beat me the next two rounds. So it was a draw. And after that, man, I was like, forget this, right. man. I, I'm going to – I stopped school and yeah. uh, put school on hold. And um, I said, you know what, I'm just going to – I'm going to do this professionally and do this, like, for real and uh, see where it takes me. Okay. Um now, for for your in 1988, you defeated David Santos to to receive the IBF, your first belt. You know, in, in, in um, 2003. Oh, it was 2003. Oh, excuse me, excuse yeah, me. Yeah, wrong note there. 2003, you d defeated David Santos in Las Vegas, and our president was there, Francisco Flores. Also, I, I noticed that uh, Duran was supporting you. Alexis Arwell was supporting you. It was a big day for Central America. I, before it was. We, yes, it was. I just wanted to ask you how you felt, you know, uh, after the win, like how it felt to be on the mountaintop because that's, you know, in all our eyes, you, you hit the mountaintop because no Salvadorian ever in history was champion until that moment. And so for us, it was a proud moment in our history. Correct. So tell me how you felt. Correct. It, well, if you if you see the video that you were actually sharing, it, I, I just I was so overwhelmed 
because right. it did it did um, I did lose a few years uh, with uh, arbitration and problems in boxing. Uh, I wasn't supposed to make it in boxing. I didn't have the backing. I didn't have the the support of the people because Salvadorans really they didn't really follow much of the boxing like the Mexicans do, and so uh, um, it was it was pretty hard. But I was trying to fight for my identity. Uh, as a Salvadorian American in uh, in LA, and uh, trying to to let people know that there's a Salvi out here fighting for for us, representing El Salvador, and so uh, it, it was it was tough. I wasn't supposed to be champion, and uh, by the grace of God, you know, I I I I reached it, and like I was, uh, I'm going back to tell you in the video when they they're announcing my name. Uh, I was just so very overwhelmed with uh, with emotion and how how long it took really to to reach the the the, the pinnacle, you know, to, to win the world title, and uh, it was uh, overwhelming and, and beautiful at the same time. Yeah, it was a great moment for all of us, man. Just watching you reach that mountaintop, man. We were so proud. Our whole family's watching. It was it was a great time in history. Um, Thank you. Just, just for the amateurs to, to understand about, you know, a little bit about the weigh-ins, I want to know what meal did you eat immediately after weigh-ins? I'm not talking about the Gatorade and the banana to get you back on. But I'm talking about like... Uh, I, I, I think it was... Uh, I, I think, I believe it was chicken, uh, a little bit of um, uh, salad, and uh, a light um, light pasta. But it, it was I really uh, liked the, the the meats the the beef instead of the carbs you know and so that was easier for my uh, for my body to digest because I felt I would feel heavy and flat when I would eat too much carbs. In fact, I have a story. Here's a story, like going back to question number two or three. But okay. I remember fighting in the, in the undercard of. Uh, uh, Maromero Paez, uh, him and I, we were fighting on the same card, and we went to go eat after the wings. We went to go eat together, but he overate that he started throwing up, and he had a big bowl of pasta, and and after seeing that, I I I said, uh, and because I I would feel full as well and flattened and kind of lethargic, yeah. but after seeing him throwing up and going through all that. I didn't think that was uh, good for the body, so I believe I believe that having lean meats, eating the same thing that I was eating, not changing it up because of uh, that I'm gonna fight. I gotta load up on carbs, you know. I didn't want to change my 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 body into something else and uh, and shock it. I wanted to eat the same thing that I was eating that was making me feel feel wonderful, which is the lean meats. Mm. Okay. So now we're moving on to the the last two were uh, seven and eight. So we're now going to number nine. Now, like I said before, right. you don't have to don't have to answer this. It's up to you. Um, what which fight was your biggest payday? Uh, your the Morales fight. That Morales fight. That was uh, that was uh, out of almost you know with with everything that I, that that came with that fight. You know, I was it was almost a million dollars, and so. Um, it was my highest payday, and and um, I was uh, I thank God for um, for for that fight. I was, was able tough. to buy se several homes, 
<laughs> and invest yeah. my 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 money in 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 real estate you know although it was very very uh hard for me with the real estate crash you know I lose a lot of homes but you know I was I was at least um able to um to invest invest and make some some good investments and thank god I was able to uh to do that because of that fight with Morales okay um I I watched the fight and I felt like one judge got the scorecard close you know like it was it just seemed like you were on the on the tail end of a lot of decisions that that it just you know how referees are man it's you were on the on the bad side of those you know those decisions i felt like a lot of these some of your losses shouldn't have been losses you know or or it should have been closer like thank you. yeah um so moving thank forward thank you thank you yeah um we passed already the uh 9 10 so let me go to uh 11. So what what are the five qualities a young fighter should carry uh going into this boxing world? Five qualities. Okay. Uh I I believe uh five qualities well just what I instilled in my my children both of them because they're 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 athletes. They are um high caliber athletes, my, my children. My daughter's on the U.S. national team for acro-gymnastics. My son's uh, a top, uh, he was uh, voted uh, best uh, player in his position in south of Texas. So, uh, you know, my, my kids, are, I try to instill uh, the, the, that winning attitude, uh, the, that mentality, you know, uh, so- to, to try hard and never give up. But I think the the number one thing, the first quality is to believe in yourself. Believe. Try to believe in yourself. Uh, you know that you could do it. Uh, if if things are down, uh, you know it's it's you have to fight through that. And uh, so my my kids, you know my my kids have their bad days, but we have to always uh, come back stronger and and uh, let that go. You know we learn from from those bad days. The thing is uh, dedication. You know you have to be. You have to be dedicated in in this sport. And um, hold on, <laughs> um, yeah, you have to be you have to be dedicated in this sport, and um, and sacrifice. You have to sacrifice a lot. Um, there was a time where where uh, I was I was homeless. I didn't have a place to stay. I had to live with some friends in this garage because uh, I didn't have I didn't have a home. I I left my home to try to to capture my dream. I left my home at 21 years old. I went to, uh, to Venice, Venice beach. I was living in Venice beach, living in an apartment with a few, uh, other fighters. And we were all, uh, roommates trying to make a living, trying to make, make it out of, out of the, the hood or, or out of, uh, just to make it big, you know? And, uh, thank God, you know, I believed in myself. I, I, I had faith. I, I really have faith. I was, I'm very, very Catholic Christian person. Uh, very close to my God. And so uh, even when I was fighting, you know, I'm always praying. I'd be praying while I was fighting. And so um, it was, um, I have that very instilled in me, in my heart, when I'm running, when I'm training. And so I try to instill that to my children. So I, I need them to understand what the goal is. We don't give up. We keep striving to to work for that because, I mean, I fought for the, for the WBC t- 
title three times and, and I lost, you know, each, each time. But I kept trying. I kept trying. I kept trying. Thank God I was – I became champion of the world. Yeah. Yep. All righty. Let's uh, – I don't let's know I don't know if those were five, but <laughs> those, uh, those were a few. Halfway through, but let's recap it. So you say first is believe yourself, right? Is that what you said? Totally. I believe in yourself. Totally. I I also so believe in, in I also believe in dedication. You got you have to dedicate yourself to the sport because they're not gonna just give it to you for free. You have to work your butt off, and so uh, this dedication. You have to sacrifice. I mean, there's time. I I didn't go out as as a young man. I I didn't I didn't go out. I didn't go to clubs. I didn't go party. I didn't do that. I didn't drink. I I do that now because I'm able to, but I didn't do that before because right. I needed to sacrifice myself to, for, to, to know right. what my goal was. My goal was to be champion. So, and that's another thing. Set your goals. Set that. That's one thing that I think is, is very important is set goals, uh, short-term goals. You want to be uh, first, you want to be national champion, uh, North American champion. Then, then you be, then let's go for that world title, you know, but obviously the main goal is to be world champion, but set, uh, short-term goals first, you know, and um, and that I think is going to help you achieve that big goal, which is becoming world champion. Okay, so I got three so far. <laughs> so we said we said believe in self, dedication, and what was what, what was sacrifice? Sacrifice. Give me a fourth. Yeah, the sacrifice. Okay, give me a fourth and fifth. Uh, Okay, uh, qualities uh, um, of uh, uh, every young you know, be, have coming into this because you know it, it's tough, you know. And we, I'm trying. I I coach young kids, uh, coach adults as well, and and hearing it from yourself, you know, it'll it'll be much of a hope to these. You, you know, you you have to be self motivated. I mean, uh, um, there's times where even my children, they're, they're tired. They don't want, they're done. They're, they're, they want to train because my, like my daughter, she trains eight hours a day. My son, you know, he, he, he does soccer, you know, so it's, it's less, but it's more intense, you know, he's, he's doing cardio. And so it's, it's a lot of work. And I remember those days, I, my, my wife, my ex-wife was, uh, is a sports psychologist. So she helped me a lot. And so when, when there was days that I didn't want to run, I didn't want to run. I was just tired. I was just freaking tired. And yeah. um, she would remind me of of the sacrifices, of, of the goals. And so uh, I would look back and visualize what the goal was. And definitely I would go run. Not that I wanted to, but I had to. And when I would go run and when I would come back, it was like the best run I've ever had. So it's right. you have to self-motivate. Mm. One more. Give me one more. One one more. Uh being hungry. I guess being hungry too. You don't want to lose that hunger. You want you you have to know what you want. And uh and sometimes like um I I, I see my kid, you know, uh put his music on. I like that. I like that he's getting ready mentally for a game. Right. He, if even if they lose, I want him to do his best. It doesn't matter what the team does, you know, it's I want you to do your best. And so, uh, and my daughter, same thing, you know, it's, uh, it's about doing your best and trying your best, never giving up. And um, that, that's really, really it. I mean, more than anything, I think the, the first three qualities 
should sum up everything of uh, what right. a fighter needs to have for for especially for a, a sport like this boxing. You know, you have to be hungry. You have to know what you want and uh, dedicate yourself and sacrifice and and uh, and not not cry about it and and be more than anything. Let do this not because of the money, but because I, I didn't do it for the money. I, I did later because it, it was a business, but I did it. You know, I was I was winning two hundred dollars my first four or five fights. You know, I was making two hundred bucks. But right. then I learned, and then I got a I got a manager. I started making money, so it was good. But the goal was to be champion for my country. That was the goal, right? And uh, that that's what really drove me to wake up and and run to get out of bed and go run because not not everybody's gonna gonna run it's and and if you don't do that you're not gonna win fights you're not gonna win you could be talented and all that but if you don't put the work in you know it's just like that tortoise and the hare yes 100% i i agree 100% and this one is at, i think we're at number 12 finally so this is 12 and this one right here i want you to just take time and just think about it cuz this is you know it's a lot of them i like to ask every every fighter before we conclude the the interview uh which uh what are your top five fighters dead or alive mm -hmm. i'm talking about the best to you not not to the the you know in general to the to the to the public which they think i want your top five okay my top five uh sugar ray robinson sugar ray robinson uh, uh, Henry Armstrong. Henry Armstrong. Wow. Hey. Maybe not the prettiest fighters, but they they did things that were like phenomenal. Um, uh, Roberto Duran. Yes. My third. Yes. Uh, uh, Sugar Ray Leonard. Sugar Ray Leonard. And um, Sugar Ray Leonard, man, he's the, he's yeah. great. And um, put Duran and Sugar Ray together. That was nice. Right back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, the other, I, that's why I would have to say, uh, yeah, this this fifth one is is a is a very very close one, uh, and I'll have to say him as a six because he's he's just tremendous. I I sparred him for many years, but but uh, the guy who who was my probably my favorite fighter. Uh, in my era was uh, was uh, Austria Deloya. Oh. He 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 was a freaking beast. I mean, I don't care what people say about him being acting all gay, or whatever. He was a freaking professional. He was a beast in the ring. He was a prodigy. And uh, I used to spar uh, Sugar Shane Mosley for for years. And uh, I thought he was he was like the best, but but once I got in the ring with with Deloya, I was uh, I was blown away. Uh, this guy was just my respects, right. and uh, I think he was the to to me one of my favorite fighters of all time. So I have Sugar. You you say Sugar Ray Robinson, Henry Armstrong, Roberto Duran, Sugar Ray Leonard, and Oscar De La Hoya. That's a great five. And then, and six, you have Sugar Shea Mosley. Shea Mosley, there you go. Okay. Great, great picks, man. Great picks. Uh, so, 
uh, this concludes the interview. I, you know, I try to make it short and sweet. Um, I just wanted to, to thank you for taking out time for your day. I mean, all the Salvadorians should know who you are because you are our, our number one. You know, you, you are uh, the only Salvadorian champion, world champion, that is, in boxing uh, to date. Um, uh, Hopefully what, that'll change soon, brother. Yeah, I know. So what do you have to say to the young Salvadorians out there that are, that are young amateurs or, or coming up in, in pro ranks? You know, it, it's tough, especially right now with uh, the coronavirus and all that, man. It's, it's really right. tough. Um, I, I, I would love to help a lot of my Salvadorian brothers that are here in America, that are Salvadoran Americans. Uh, I have uh, guys who are contacting me from New York, from Frisco, from, uh, from LA, from Houston. And so there's, they're all over. And so, but they need, they need that backing and they don't have it. They don't have it. So, I mean, I would love to, to promote uh, my Salvadorian brothers in LA, but uh, it's, it's just pretty hard right now with what's happening. Now the Salvadorians in El Salvador, it's really tough. Um, You don't have the adequate trainers over there. And then for me, what, what hurts me in El Salvador, my, my own people, is I can't go in there and say, okay, this is how it's going to be done. You know, you're going to train this way because this is going to, I've been there. I know. And, but it, they feel like I'm walking over them and stepping on their shoes. So, so I try to step back and I, I want to be humble about it. And so, you know, they don't ask, they don't want to ask for my help because they're proud. We're proud people, Yeah. but it's sad. It's yeah. sad because I would love to help. And, uh, Maybe, maybe sometime in the near future, I will make the move to go to El Salvador and, uh, and open a gym over there um, for my, my people, for the fighters, but also for the people who want to lose weight, want to stay active, uh, do what you do. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So... Uh, at at this point, I just want to give you your flowers because they, you know, they they say you know we don't we give our flowers to people after they're gone and you know we we never try to appreciate them while they're here. So I just want to tell you that I appreciate all the hard work you've done and how you r- risen our our people, our culture, and 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 got to the to the mountaintop for us. And and you are a, a pride of uh, of El Salvador. You definitely are. Um, so I want to say thank you and give you your roses, and I hope they smell good. <laughs> you know, figuratively yeah. speaking. And uh, thank you, brother. Thank you. Anything else you want to say uh, before we conclude and call, wrap this up? More than more, more than anything, man. Thank you again for having me uh, for doing this. You know, I, I wish you luck in the future for for all you're you're doing. Uh, you know, uh, and and for representing. Another thing, you know, representing your Salvadoran American, just like I am, and uh, representing Las Pupusas and uh, the Oloculta. Ojalá un día vamos a comer por allá. And um, nah, just uh, thank, um, hope everyone's doing well and uh, stay safe, wear your mask, and uh, be, be good. Likewise. Stay, uh, stay safe, uh, stay healthy. Uh, uh, love to, to you and all your family, your kids. And, uh, that's it, brother. That, that, yeah. And thank you, man. Thank you again. You know, much love. God bless, brother. Thank you so much. Likewise, brother. Thank you. Love.